Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right. Well, welcome everybody to episode 10 of Film Detectives. We made it to 10. We did. Our first double digit. Pretty, pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. We're live this time, which is also a little bit different. I'm seeing uh, two different faces on my screen. I'm not used to seeing Elliot, nor our guest today, who is an award-winning, international award-winning filmmaker. Kurt Kubitschek, thank you so much for coming on. Round of applause. Thank thank you, Kurt, for being here. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I think uh, the best way to start, Kurt, is uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, what you're up to in the industry and anything else you feel is, uh, you know, you want to want to give the viewers. Yeah. Like how did you get your start in cinema? Um, A little bit about your background. Yeah. I was born and raised kind of in the suburbs of Chicagoland area. Uh, I was an athlete most of my life actually. And the only thing that I ultimately uh, was, um, uh, I guess like uh, great uh, at was I was in honors English um, uh, academically, but I never really thought much of it. I just loved history and stories and English and, uh, read a lot, you know, uh, read a, just was a big reader and, um, you know, lo and behold, I was doing the athlete thing and being young and in love. Uh, and I ended up playing like college golf and going down Fellow that golfer. direction. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, even, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, the, 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 one of the best sports that's a metaphor of life. That's yeah. why I like it so much. Uh, you know, you're all by yourself and uh, whether it's good or bad, it's your fault. So, <laughs> and it requires a lot of true. patience, a lot of patience, <laughs> yeah. an incredible amount of intense focus. That's um, and, you know, in like uh, 10 seconds or less, right? You know. Oh, <laughs> one tenth of a second. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, uh, you know, I, I ultimately then uh, I took an acting class in college and I had gotten, I'd always loved films. I mean, I, I, I would, uh, when I was young, I guess the stuff I didn't really put together until now I eventually, you know, am in the entertainment, but like realizing like, why, man, why did I go see that movie five times in the theater? Like what was wrong with me? You know, like whatever, you're 14 years old and you're into a really funny movie, but you keep going back to see this movie and you're like, Oh wow. This is because it really brought me joy. Um, you know, on a, on a greater subconscious level. So anyways, I, I love movies more and more and more after that acting class and understanding more about the craft of films and entertainment. Um, so it kind of like, uh, I, I ended up long story long. I uh, went to a pre, uh, you know, I became a PGA golf teacher. And so I had a nice, wow. like cool job, yeah. you know, early to mid twenties parents were like, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, like, uh, you, our boy's doing good, you know, like he can stable, pay the bills now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. He's, he's got a, the, the place and on his way to whatever, all that whole thing, especially Midwest vibe, you know, kind of culture, um, you know, uh, so, I, but I, after, um, a year of that, which was great, I went on this trip and I traveled, um, and went and I had plans to go with a buddy, uh, to go to Europe and to do that whole thing that like everybody heard about, you know what I mean? You read about whether it was through the Kerouacs or the Hunter S Thompson's or, you know, different people that like I looked up to was traveling and going and seeing the world. So I literally took 80% of everything that I made in my savings and just was like, Hey, and me and a buddy went to Europe unplanned. Uh, we got, we went over to Dublin and, uh, yeah. Uh, Pretty nuts. I go back and read some of those emails and I was like, you're a loon bag for like 24, dude. Um, you know, like just nuts. But I, I just wanted to like really get the most out of uh, life and, yeah. uh, and, and the experience of the unknown. That's uh, one of my biggest uh, excitements and fascinations. And I think so. that really comes through in your films, too, because a lot of your world experiences kind of trickle down into your um, the way you shoot and the way you also write as well. I, I've kind of noticed that also with, um, uh, especially, you know, like, uh, your interests, like with one tenth of a second, um, and then come die with me, uh, as well. And also, uh, Un Regalo Especial, uh, has, you know, world experience there. And also skin in the game was also, was also again, um, having that world experience, and seeing uh, the world itself and what what it is and like the darkness and also the light 
as well. The interesting thing for me that I'm starting to realize, and I can, we can come back to later is me actually like, uh, being a writer creator of, of, of now, uh, a television show that I've developed, you know what I mean? Um, you know, um, on, on paper in the package, um, yeah. is that, um, I have been telling a lot of other people's stories, mm-hmm. um, people that yeah. were writer producers, people that had helped me to come in and, and ultimately produce and, and direct and, and get a lot of their vision out. So, um, and it was funny because I remember even before one tenth of a second, uh, I wanted to take on, uh, co-writing a script and, and working with somebody and kind of a, a neat story. And then I even challenged myself. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. I want to really prove it to myself that I could make it in Hollywood and do other stuff, not just be an auteur or writer director. And, you know, as much as I love those people, uh, and then, Lo and behold, I get caught into all these projects that, you know, are are a lot of going into other people's world. I mean, even with one tenth of a second, Johnny Rock Page, people were, you know, like, oh, were you a big motorcycle guy? You know, you like to go fast. And I was (laughs) like, that was kind of my, one of my questions is like, do you even, do you ride motorcycles? And (laughs) did you get to ride motorcycles with Johnny? You know, <laughs> right. um, I, I honestly rode a bike once and it was so fast and so insane. And after <laughs> seeing what the bike is capable of and seeing the best in the world ride and race, uh, I was like, man, I'll come back to this. Maybe I'll, you know, uh, because, uh, at that time in my life, what a wild machine, what a rush. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and, and even when I'll never forget, this is a great story. I don't know if I've ever told this guys, it's a good one. Oh. Johnny Rock Page, when he hired me and he actually pulled the trigger. Right. And he really wanted to go forth and put down to get my crew, go through the terabytes of footage, actually start putting together the story, setting up the interviews, like the first initial escrow kind of, mm-hmm. you know, real deal, uh, that the investors and, you know what I mean? And, and people put together and, and it was all good to go. Uh, we were out driving out in Phoenix and Johnny has this, uh, I don't even know if it's in there. Uh, he's got this, I think it's like a 2000 now it's probably like a 2000 and, Oh, man, well, back then we'll get to uh, 2012, 2013, right? Red Porsche, uh, Carrera twin turbo, just like, oof, you know, like beautiful car, right. Uh, convertible. And, um, he, he took me on the Phoenix freeway, right. And we went to breakfast in Scottsdale and we pull onto the highway and I, I know this guy's a loon, a loon. One of the first times we had a meeting, uh, at, uh, and I mean that in, in like, you know, eccentricities, enigmatic, yeah. um, quite the character you can't, yes. whoa. Yeah. And a guy who's built a company, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, that's Into, insanity. The whole right? thing with the ATM I mean, business was like, oh, you also, so you, you, yeah, you, he rides figures, motorcycles like, and then just goes, I think I'll start an ATM business. It's, it's, it's brilliant. Genius. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah. luck really too, because like it, it just, once the business boomed, it was like that he, his, he, it's set in stone. He can do whatever he wants now. He could fund whatever he wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. yeah. The, the, the world and technology took care of the rest in the exactly. 90s, you know, with ATMs. Yeah. yeah. As, uh, never forget. And I, I know you guys know the friend in your life or the people, right. Who did this to you, but yeah. this was Johnny rock. Uh, we would get to a, a stoplight. He's driving around, zipping around his Porsche. And I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, maybe new, new job, a guy who actually has connections to real financing. And like I mentioned, Eric crown, who's this big EP and very mm-hmm. successful guy who created insight. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're around these people. And so he, uh, we get to a stoplight, you know, somewhere in Scottsdale and he looks at it and it's pretty big, semi-busy stoplight, right? But mm-hmm. as soon as like the cross traffic was going, he went, he just took the left. And I'm like, whoa, what what do you do? <laughs> you know, like, Where you take he's it, like, oh, there's no one around. <laughs> you know, there's no one around. Let's go. You know, I'm hungry. Pulling a GTA like, in real life. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, like, so it starts with that. And then I, I, like I said, when we were stoked about actually going forward with the movie, he gets on the highway and, uh, uh, and it was a trip to LA for something, you know, it's, I would go with him, you know, whatever. He'd be like, let's hop in the, the Porsche or the, the whatever car and let's go. Um, and it was crazy with him because the, yeah, there'd be random moments just like the one that's happening is we're on the 10 freeway and he'd pull off the exit to like, go on to like, you know, even a more main highway, I guess from the two Oh two to the 10. Mm-hmm. for those Phoenix people. And he just lets it rip. Right. I mean, we're at one ten, one thirty, and we're on a turn right onto yeah. the highway onto another highway. And it's just, 
increasing speed and he's whipping in and out of traffic. And I, I was, I will never, you know, scared. You'll never forget that. You'll never forget that. You're going through, you know, we're in a, we're in a convertible right now. And if something, you know, we're going so fast. And the, Mm -hmm. the craziest part was, is that he, he was, whether it was a bike or a car, he was a race car driver. Yeah. So it was like, so with That's the actual car and what it was capable of, he was fine. Yeah. He knew and what he was doing. I was just the one going, that's, a, that's going a gift. That's, he, that's he was a in the zone. Gift. Yeah. He was in the zone. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, that comes through in the documentary because he seems like the type of uh, person who's just so like cars, uh, anything with a motor in it, it's like, that's his Zen. He just goes into that mode where he he has a gift of understanding it instantly. It's wild. Yeah. And so you guys as storytellers and and different people in the industry, when I actually like met this person and this was a, you know, and got to know them and were around them enough, I was like, yeah, there's a, there's a film here. Yeah. 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 You you put this stuff together. I've got, I've got, you know, and this guy, everything he did when he tried to put together the reality show and all this different stuff that I was around, I was like, I, I, I can, I can make a movie out of this. Well, you know, well, you know he kind of reminded me of Joe Exotic in a way. He had right. that same like draw Huge. to him. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. That Huge. exact same draw, like you wanted similar. to do. Yeah. It's like Dale Thank Earnhardt and, 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 and Joe Exotic. One of two people. Yeah. yeah. One of he two he people. literally, I was reminded so much of Joe, of Joe Exotic from Johnny. A hundred percent with the wanted to do the reality show and then just his lifestyle in general and then religion playing a part at the end. Yep. Mm-hmm. Joe had the exact same journey in a way almost. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're, 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 you're in this kind of world where you, you're, you know, you're trying to respect, uh, your, your right. One of your clients and, and, and the person and, and tell, but still tell an honest story. Mm-hmm. And it was hopefully me going, Hey, for better or for worse, this is, this is this very eccentric, wild man who was able to amass this wealth and do these things, uh, like them or not that, you know, I kind of didn't want to get in too much of the way of what it was. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, a lot of, a lot of people who had been around him or knew him or partied with him were like, you could have really, you know, well, also or that way. And it's a great portrayal. Also, I thought of someone who survived, uh, living with a, a family member who has mental illness, you know, his mother had uh, schizophrenia and he was basically raised by his father and became very close with his father, which I thought was a very not beautiful story because it's like, you know, uh, to go through that Thanks. and see his mother, you know, kind of fall into that um, and then eventually, I think, pass away, uh, you know, it's it, that had to have had a huge effect on how his life went too and i'm sure and of course his dad had a huge part in directing him in a certain way too yeah and absolutely and and robert's a pretty amazing guy uh his his father's a pretty incredibly dynamic intelligent guy uh he was wonderful and was my physician for you know two three years (laughs) yeah he was yeah, 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 yeah. Dr. Page was uh, the real deal. Very cool guy. Yeah. Uh, and very, very smart and slick and handsome, the whole deal. The very, You could understand why Johnny, like, that was his hero, you know, because <laughs> he, he was a very cool guy, um, nonetheless. But, um, yeah, and those were just different things. Yeah, like you said, he uh, it kind of got out alive. But then the, uh, I guess, and the coolest story, and I think I'm quoted in the movie, I look really silly, uh, in, in <laughs> one of the few moments you know. that I'm in there but he would <laughs> thanks yeah. he, he would uh he would ultimately uh, the, the coolest thing i learned from johnny rock page that i hope people can take away from the film is so simple which is like he would look at me and anytime i would kind of brainstorm or talk about why i wanted to do something or i wasn't sure what i would do something obviously if it wasn't monetary you know what i mean that i didn't you know necessarily had the funds mm-hmm. uh he'd go let's go do it Let's try what do you mean it. Yeah. You can't do it. Let's go do it. Go. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's go. Let, let's go. Whatever. Let's go write it. Let's go shoot it. Let's go. You know, well, yeah, that, that what his, do you mean? That was his model. That's like the like perfect subject. Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So even me as, uh, you know, as a young, younger man, you know, growing into my own essence of this whole crazy journey mm-hmm. of getting into entertainment. And, you know, it was just like, it was super vital there were silly things that, you know, I really learned that were deep lessons from a very eccentric, <laughs> 
wild guy. Yeah, and that kind of brings me to a, to a question I had. You, you mentioned, you know, that you were very into sports growing up. And one tenth of a second is a very, you know, sport-esque type uh, documentary film. Yeah. And a lot of your Love work that. is very action and thriller type of stuff. So <clears throat> what do you think that being in sports and your competitiveness led to you creating the type of films that you have so far uh, on your journey and also produce? Do you think that's had a, had a role in it? Absolutely. I mean, athletics were huge helped. Uh, like I said, it made me the producer director more than anything, like, uh, more than anything. And I even played, like I said, I was, I was a quarterback wide receiver running back, you know, for, from probably like a, a 10 to 15, I played football, you know, wow. nine to 15, I played football. And then, uh, basketball, I was all conference and was a point guard and, you know, but I got in placed into, more of a position where I would be, you know, they would set picks for me to shoot threes. I had a great free throw percentage. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah. just the gym rat. I was the gym rat. Like I just recently over quarantine, I talked to my, one of my coaches, uh, the assistant coach who really like helped uh, push me actually from junior to senior year to like really get starting and not be like that three point guy off the bench. But, <laughs> but I was a late bloomer. Yeah. And, you know, and, uh, and it was, was it was, but I remember there was a moment I was so competitive. I was like, look, like I'm going to, I'm going to beat everybody. I'm going to beat everybody on this team in a three point contest and a free throw contest. And I'll beat you. And after uh, practice one day and, and we had a competition and I beat him wow. and, uh, I was starting like two games later. And, and uh, I think that science shines through not only in your personality as yourself, but also in your work that I've seen. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a good, I'm good friends with you. And I've, you know, I found out you're an avid Bears fan, which uh, yeah. <laughs> that's somewhere we differ. Go pack, go is all I'm going to uh, say in that. And oh, I know, dude. That. I love it. It's that. a good Broncos fan here, oh, guys. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's a good, you'll, you'll get there one year. One year you'll get there. Again. <laughs> but uh, that brought me to another question about sports. You, you mentioned to us uh, before we did the podcast that you've worked with Calais Campbell and Larry Fitzgerald. Can you just like talk about what it's like to work with an athlete? And what were those projects like and how did that even come to be about in that sense? It was really exciting and it was just perfect timing of that. I had this movie that was getting premiered at the Phoenix Film Festival. That was its very first world premiere um, in 2015. And we were in conversations. One of the producers on one tenth of a second knew um, uh, Calais's brother, Jared. And Jared's awesome. He's with Yahoo Sports. He's a comedian. Uh -huh. uh, Jared is awesome. At the Laugh Factory, you can look up Jared Campbell. He's a talented dude on his own. Wow, I, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Jared's great, man. So he's a super, you know, um, talented guy. So I met him and then we kind of had a great couple meetings and talked about like doing something. And it was a project that he wrote and, uh, it was writer producer, like I said, uh, who had this idea of this. And then ultimately a, a friend connected us and we had a great meeting. Um, and then uh, they were like, oh, well, we're going to be able to get my brother. And, and I think Larry Fitzgerald's going to be a part of it. And here's the, we want to do a feature and this is kind of a short based on a feature and That's wild. All, all of this. And, and I said, well, I mean, yeah, like a, I get to go into like a cool world of comedy. I mean, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, and, and work with, um, just a, a kind of mini, action movie. Oh God, I should have showed you guys up. Uh, maybe I'll send you a link to that movie, but I mean, oh, I'd love to see it. Yeah. Cause still, so, cause it's kind of like a silly action thing. It starts off like, and you're in this action movie. So I got to do like Tony Scott, bad boys stuff, you Perfect. know, Michael Bay <laughs> kind of like exaggerating to it. Right. Yeah. But it's an exaggeration of, and it cuts out on a gunshot to the camera, a very Pulp Fiction kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it cuts out into uh, Jared and Norman uh, Norman Towns is a great huge actor who's been on some major TV shows. So he was in it too. And it was him and Jared's project that they wrote. Um, and so there, and you go into the movie and they're pitching their brother, Calais Campbell, and he's got That's a different name, so but he wild. plays a pro football player and they're pitching That's him wild. to give him investing on a movie. Um, so he's like helicopters and you're in it and all this different stuff. And Calais is amazing in his performance. Um, so it's and, like a uh, film within a film anyway, basically. <laughs> exactly. 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 But I got to mess with comedy. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? That was my first time that I really got to yeah. dabble into to comedy and then action. And I was like, yeah, like this is great. So it was like this perfect timing. Cause he went and saw one tenth after we had a good meeting and he was like, yeah, dude, you're going to do a good job with the movie. Let's, let's, let's go do it. And then we got to, 
sit down and have a couple of meetings with Calais, which he's one of the biggest, nicest, sweetest, awesome people in the world. I actually just talked to him last week. He was uh, at the wow. Super Bowl and he met Tiger Woods and was telling me that he was pretty cool. Uh, he said, as cool as they make I'm him. I'm geeking out right now. Well, you I'm know, the, yeah, the, dude, the, yeah. bringing up Tiger Woods, the, the funny thing was I, I kind of had a deja vu in because I just saw the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO Max. And it's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. And, and oh, I, I loved it. I like when I was watching one tenth of a second, it had a very similar vibe to it too, because just how it portrays the oh. main character, your, your main character and you feel for the main character. And, um, even though he has his demons and he's, you know, like it's almost like a rags to riches type of story as well. Uh, and I, as well as just being in the professional sports arena, you know, it, has you know he's here's someone who's amazing at his craft and just ha- has had a, a amazing life too full of doing everything pretty much uh which uh, kind of similar to Tiger Woods's life as well just uh not so much with the you know the father figure you know being a huge uh like um teacher for him but i would say more so just of just similar lifestyle which i thought was very interesting yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> I'm with you. And yeah. I want to go to bat for Tiger Woods because yeah. he's the reason I picked up a golf club when I was 15 or yeah. 16 years old. He was my hero uh, growing he, up, he too. And you know? I got into the game. Yeah. yeah, which changed the trajectory of my life. Went into college golf and taught golf lessons yeah. and I became PGA management. And now I can teach still and I'm a pretty decent player. Like literally, yeah. if I met Woods, I would give him the one minute version and say, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I really hope this, my TV show is big and I get big enough in the next five years to compete with Marty Scorsese to do the biopic yeah. because I want that shit. Yeah. I want Woods' biopic. I he's, want it. He's man. such a fascinating character too because he's he's i mean he pushed golf in the more modern direction for just not only breaking racial barriers but also just how he played the game and how he approached the game i think that also kind of comes off also in one tenth of a second with johnny pushing the game for like he was 35 still doing motocross and 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 he winning daytona you know, it's it's just it's it's interesting how a lot of professional uh, sports athletes have similar arcs in their history um, and kind of <clears throat> have a similar path too to get to that level of sportsmanship and also of life itself. No, there's the other avenue, which what you're talking about, which is the lifestyle. I mean, and I will tell you this, and God knows it's my witness, which is great. After that happened to Tiger, dude, I was at his back. I was like, I was in my 20s. I was just starting to like date women and really get in. You know what I mean? Like actually go on more dates and, yeah. and meet meet more girls. And then like that happens to Tiger and everybody, especially like where I'm from in the Midwest <laughs> and the culture I was around, I'd be like, oh my God, Tiger, how do you do this? Right? Everybody's let down everybody's bummed, mm-hmm. you know, about that. He's not this perfect dude. And I literally went to bat with him and I was like, you and I both know we have no idea what that would be like to be right. that desirable, that desirable to all women. Yeah. You have no idea. Hey, gr- Hey, grandpa, <laughs> Hey, judgmental idiot. Hey, you know what I mean? Like who, yeah. whoever it is, like you have no clue. Like it's, don't try to comprehend. It's so hard to grasp. You can't Johnny. grasp it. I've only seen it with Johnny and, and what I realized was it was the first time in my life, guys, that you're around somebody that can go, Hey, let's, I'm going to go later tonight to another state, another country. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go? Yeah. Well, I can't afford to do that. He's like, no, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Like, that's such a hard thing to wrap your head around as like, somebody. well, I can't miss out on work. And they're like, ah, Give you 300 bucks. What do you need? Yeah. Okay, it's like us, just go us everyday like, people just, you know, like we have jobs and stuff and we don't have the luxury of just having not a care in the world almost. And just being able to throw caution to the wind and just hop on a jet and just, yeah, as you said, fly to anywhere in the world and be with anyone, you know, it's, it's, uh, it, yeah, it, it has that, uh, grandiose, um, uh, vibe to it. And also just the, uh, also the ad- admiration of what celebrity means in this country. You know, I, I think that yes. pops up also 
in the documentary as well. Um, well, in both documentaries, which was kind of like how I saw the similarities and stuff. Cause I was like, Oh, I just, it, it, it's great. So, but like, again, it's like, Oh, it's, it seems to be like a common theme that keeps popping up within the American culture and how we view celebrity. You know? I, I, like I said, I don't, <laughs> you yeah. guys, I don't, you know what I mean? Uh, I could tell you about yeah. silly situations where I was, I was the dorkiest filmmaker dude, right? At a motorcycle party. Yeah. Right. But yeah. if the mo- motorcyclists were busy or there was a weird geeky chick, right. Mm-hmm. Or some model actress, I was the coolest guy to be with the motorcycle dudes. Like yeah. it was a bizarre, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm around these, you know, like I mean, it's a different world. Yeah, you're, you know? instantly, you're instantly, you're instantly higher in a niche. You yeah. know what I mean? That we don't. And, and it was great because you'd sometimes see Keanu Reeves would be at an event. He loves bikes. Brad yeah. Pitt would show up at an event. Right. He loves bikes. Like there's certain people that love their motorcycles. Right. <laughs> like, and, and these people go to these things. Yeah. It's that thrill of speed. I think that also they're attracted to. It's like a daredevil mentality, but the also rush. the adrenaline rush that they get is it's like a high for them. You know, they're seeking that high. And speaking about high, uh, <laughs> kind of brings us to uh, Come Die With Me, your short film that you did in uh, 2018. Um, how it was very interesting. I, I thought how you interweaved the common Western hero archetype into your character and how it's basically a heroin addict trying to find salvation and try to find his his way out of being a drug dealer. And I found that it was interesting that you cast a like a Western cowboy and having those morals of what that character represents be kind of the driving force that inevitably allows the character to then uh, get out of the life that he's stuck in. So uh, how, how, how did that s- story kind of come about? And also how did the film come about as well? It started with a book that was given uh, passed down from a dad to a man who I had worked with on skin in the game, who was the writer producer mm-hmm. on skin in the game. And so he came back with me and was like, Hey, my buddy wants to do this kind of story. Right. And I love the idea of the book you know, and then they wanted to kind of do some kind of, you know, interpretation about, uh, something that was more of a personal story, you know, to the client, uh, to the EP, mm-hmm. um, about how he was in a hotel room and read this book. And he thinks it's this insanely wonderful, amazing book, um, that, and the story behind it and some different themes that way. So I remember we actually, they drove out from Arizona and we went to Burbank and we went to this little pub. Gosh, it's probably out of business, but it was a cool little place. Uh, I forgot <laughs> even the name of it, but you know, hanging out and going and, and, and hearing about it and helping them understand all the context of the story and helping them build a log line and the approach of the film and t- kind of taking all these ideas. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of what, and then also what the book's about to try to, so I was, you know, definitely super creative producer mode, helping with trying to harness the story. Mm-hmm. That's and why interweave. it has a very and interweave yeah, the book into very, the story. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, that's a very more experimental version. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you this, I've got a movie that is my director's cut that I believe is a stronger film. Um, and it is a lot, uh, it's a good amount shorter and it has some different music, music cues and, and just a, different things, um, that I think are more, um, impactful, um, at least with the actual character in the story. Uh, but the producer cut, you would say it has its own kind of, um, uh, interesting vibe, but most of all, uh, what I wanted to tell was a story at the end of a man's rope that ultimately drove him to these. And we're, we're dropping in and just a, a weekend, Mm-hmm. You know, this yeah. is, this is three days of when the, before the turning point of when a man is, you know, going to change his life right before right. he gets caught. It's you literally know? the, the um, catalyst that's setting him off on the next part of his journey. So that was the way I could contain yeah. it, you know, for them, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? To go, okay, look, he's got to drop back in. You know what I mean? We've got to put it in a, a, a certain amount of time. You know, it's a yeah. short film. It's right. gonna be, like I said, my version is shorter. Uh, but 
also the the use of your locations and and such too because it is you're working with a short medium you know you had to get really creative and i thought the use of how you use the uh apartment that he's well the room that he's renting out um was almost like a prison cell to him and then he's you know going through all these uh motions and, and he's seeing the cow you know the 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 sheriff uh, slash cowboy who's kind of giving him a morality check and like, what are you doing with your life type of deal? And I, I thought that was a very interesting portrayal also in the way you shot it too, because this it's very contained and especially that long shot of him just at the very beginning of the film of him, just getting gathering his things and getting ready. We were introduced to who, what his life is and what it's become and the simplicity of what that life has become. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I it's oh, like, I, I love, is. I love that you use that. I don't that. talk too much about the, <laughs> the movie and I don't talk that much about the movie, but that's, that's all me. And, yeah. uh, and, and I love that, uh, entry point. Yeah. Thank you. Just like, you're very welcome. <laughs> Yeah, that means the world to me because that, that that was that was well. We're the film detectives. Very... We we look at this stuff. I, it's great, dude. No, I I, yeah. I dig it. This is a, like I said, this is a great first episode. You guys are uh, seeing you know uh, great things and, and picking up on stuff. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's awesome as the you know, the storyteller itself yeah. because I I thought that was that was enough for a great viewer mm-hmm. um, to set the tone and vibe of you know like yeah. this is you know. And I, I love those long takes, you know what I mean? You're you're seeing the scope of everything and then it's just an insert and you're going back to the whole, you know, until he goes into his world, you know, Mm -hmm. that people live like this and you have such a disregard where there's cash and beer and old pizza. And I love the soda bottles (laughs) that were just everywhere. (laughs) Like, man, this guy's drinking a lot of soda, like uppers, downers, any, anything really. You know, <laughs> hey, you don't know sad. Texas people, Elliot. You don't know Texas people. <laughs> it, was, it was a sad guy, man. Yeah. Um, and, I, and the makeup job, um, too, the way you contrasted him as a drug, like being under the influence of drugs. And also then, you know, when we also see him at his mansion with his wife, um, well, soon to be ex-wife, and just the way you used makeup to kind of create that contrast was really subtle, nicely, subtly done. Um, and, uh, also I, I loved just the look and vibe of the the film. It's just got that very, it was funny. Cause like at the very end when he's finally on the ranch, I, I was reminded of almost kind of like a mixture of like a John Ford film and a Marlboro like commercial <laughs> when he's at the fence <laughs> and he's just looking out across the, uh, yeah. the, the scenery and stuff. And it had that yeah. very picturesque vibe to it, which I, I, I thought was very interesting. I was like, so how much of John Ford and also like uh, the Marlboro commercials did that influence you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you had all of that, the white tea and stuff. It was just yeah. like, okay. And James Dean and giant, yep, you know, that too. like I got to, there were, I'm a James Dean guy. My, my, actually my mother's uh, first cousin uh, was Bill Bass, one of his best friends at UCLA oh, really? uh, and wrote a book about him That's and produced wild. a movie about him. That's so crazy. James is super like two degrees, you know, two and actually my, <laughs> yeah, my, uh, my, my second cousin, my mom's first cousin, Bill Bass actually spent 30 years through CBS as a writer producer. He's the only blood I got in this industry That's or wild. any tie to it. He was a writer producer, a successful guy. Like I said, he did movies and books about James. That was his big, yeah. you know, thing, um, because they were so close, um, for the last three, four years. That's kind amazing. of flipping to, uh, Kind of flipping to the opposite of, you know, what you did in Come Die With Me, of the long takes. I wanted to talk about Skin in the Game, where it's mostly montage-esque type, very quick, almost like a music. But Elliot and I were talking about this before we started, but it's almost like it's a it's a rap song based on how the, the movement and the beats are going throughout. And for me, it connected with me. I always try to tie things to the humanity side. I'm like the humanity person on the podcast. I don't know how that happened. He's human. But... <laughs> yeah, right. Imagine that. But for me, uh, with all the stuff that went on with Wall Street and Wall Street bets and how Reddit kind of basically took over, you know, the hedge funds and everything and started raising all those stocks. This movie really spoke to me because this, you know, was made 
back in uh, uh, 2000. Yeah. 16. Yeah. About 2008. Yeah. So here we are in 2021 where, and one of the lines that really made me think was uh, guy guys line, we are the revenue stream. And we kind of basically have flipped that on its head these past couple of weeks with the power of the internet and the Redditors became the people that are the revenue stream and took it from wall street. And I found that really interesting because this film, although it was, you know, all those years ago, it's now relevant today, just as much as it was then. And we can use that as like basically an example of, Oh wait, like this, it's basically repeating itself, but it's the other way around. Now the regular people, who, you know, the female was basically more like a regular person than that. She wasn't the the high up. She is the Redditors. And that's where we're, that's where we're at today. And they're the ones controlling what's going on. So it's kind of like a flip almost, but I found that super interesting. The moment I started watching it, I was like, this, this directly correlates with what's going on right now in the world. And well, much, I think that's so cool. Much like history, the repetition, history repeats itself. In the cycles. In the cycles, yeah. which I, I found... As as Trevor said, like you know, it's it's like a music poem rap because skin in the game is you know repeated and it's almost like the chorus in a way, yeah. uh, and it also has like a very boiler room type of feel to it, which was uh, yeah. yeah I was I'll like, take, I'll take that because <laughs> I was like going like oh because or, or or even Wall Street uh, with Michael Douglas and and uh, Charlie Sheen, you know, so it, it has yeah. you know like. The Wall Street issue, I think, yeah, as as Trevor said, re- repeats itself in history because it's always there. It's that it's that entity that is just like always in charge, and it always doesn't seem to change. I mean, as as the character says in there, the markets are cyclical. It, once again, you know, trying to like tap into, like you said, the Wall Street but entrepreneur feel. And you know, I knew people that got hit by two thousand and eight, and that was a super personal, gigantic story from Mark mm-hmm. that I had to ultimately go. Okay, like this is uh, how I take. You know what I mean? This monologue basically, um, that involves, um, everything, the dynamics of this story, um, and make this, um, exciting and interesting and still informative, you know what I mean? Because it it was, you know, and there's obviously a budget at hand, you know what I mean? (laughs) With, uh, you know, the client's, uh, uh, thing, but, uh, I, I, before we left, come die with me, you guys were so warm on my favorite part of that movie. And I wanted to ask you, what do you guys think that my homage was with the, the cowboy Texan? Like my, it was so exciting that where I got that, that homage from. At one point I, I thought it was you playing the, I, at one point I thought it was you playing the cowboy Texan <laughs> and I was like, cause I'm going like, it looks like Kurt. It looks like, I'm like, I'm like oh, oh no, it, it's not him. It's not him. It's a different guy. <laughs> but now you, got, now you got me thinking well, over the, there. The thing uh, is with, 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 uh, come die with me. In I, that, in that, in that character, you know what I mean? I, yeah. That character and that cowboy and, 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 and just the way I would, I shot it. And, and, uh, well, definitely you know, I see the James God cowboy. Oh, kind of Dallas buyers club. Or, um, I would say okay. even like a Paul, five, Paul, Paul, Paul Newman even like okay. he had a very, oh, yeah, it was like, the, it was like a Paul Newman, James Dean vibe no. going on. Okay. Yeah, totally. I, totally. But okay. No, yeah. the actual thing that I was so excited about the yeah. geek in me is that it was the first time I actually got to use a Tarantino moment of Elvis from true romance oh. with Christian Slater. Okay. Right. Right. So I literally, oh. yeah, I was like, when I went to the pitch with these guys, I said, I'm going to take the character of Tex Foster and I'm going to, and I'm going to make him the Elvis while giving him advice. And I get to literally oh. now <laughs> Tony Scott and Tarantino, this blended to existence. <laughs> yeah. And in my, this, so yeah, I, that was one of the most exciting reasons about the project that I really enjoyed. I was like, Oh man, I'm going to do my own little version here. Uh, wow. Like, cause I loved this when I was young and I saw true romance and I still love, love, love that film. And I rewatched mm-hmm. it recently and it just, it's, it's pretty, pretty fantastic. So, but yeah, um, back to that with, um, <laughs> you know, come die with me. I, uh, that was a, a geeky kind of, uh, you know, Your film, film geek came I, out. I, I got to, <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, oh, yeah. When I'm talking to the DP and I'm like getting it, you know, going, okay, I want to do this frame and can we, you know, get me this lens. And, you know, yeah. it was one of the more delightful parts. 
Well, that's um, that's a great thing yes. about with with film as an artistic form. You know, you can put a lot of your own artistic influences into it, plus what jazzes you in life. And I think that really comes yeah. through in a lot of your films that you've worked on because mm-hmm. you have you've had a very interesting life, man. And you know, like and, <laughs> and and continuing to have an interesting life. So and it's like and you know, it, it's it's just amazing that. Um, you know, there's so much of it that you've lived already, like and gone and and seen so much of the world, and 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 it's all of its intricacies, which is really comes through in your films. I I I feel. Oh, yeah, that's huge, man. I you know, and I uh, I really appreciate that. That the I think the biggest key is the empathy. You know what I mean? Yeah. That I, I I try to like see and going okay. Like even when the, I first started acting into my journey, you know, and learning about that, and um, it is is going. You can't. And James Dean who would always say this: you can't actually. You know, you really have to put yourself in other people's shoes and try to really understand if you want to be, especially, you know, you guys know as a great actor, or a great writer, yeah. right. That's, you really got to, you've got to realize that they, um, have, um, they should be respected on some, if they don't ultimately, you know, um, aren't absolutely terrible people. And even if they are, how did they get there? Right. Why mm-hmm. do they do this? And why do they feel justified? And you know what I mean? There's a why, and there's a reason, um, for why people are, and, you know, and that's why, I, you know, my, it continues to be even to this day is, is meeting new people, um, that, um, like to talk and yeah. because I am a big fan of listening. So yeah. like, if they can actually are decent at talking and telling a story, it could be an airport bar. It could be, you know, let a Johnny rock page. Yeah. It could be, you know, I mean, the narcissists are the best, you know, just <laughs> they're, let them they're know. the multi-layered just characters, you know, but, yeah, and you don't have to do anything to them. They're yeah, already, yeah. they're already fleshed out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's already, You're yeah. just there. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking about so, working with other directors and such, when you produced Un Regalo Essential, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, in 2018, yeah. how, how did that project kind of come about? And like, uh, cause you kind of took a step back from the directing chair and produced Ho- Jose, uh, Mario Salas. Mario Boza. Salas. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. um, it was kind of like your, also your foray into romantic comedy. It, that was an interesting kind of way. I was uh, ultimately, um, I met this guy um, who was, I met Jose and I had been, um, you know, um, around NIFA at the time and he was finishing at NIFA. And um, then I spoke to him a bit because he had a Costa Rican soccer jersey on. And he was like, oh, I, you know, I did this feature film down in Central America. Now I'm like getting a master's degree up here. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, wild. I said, uh, I was falling in love and uh, with my wife who's from Costa Rica. And so we had that tie to talk about. And then it was strange because uh, we talked a bit about what, you know, and I showed him, I think I showed him like skin in the game and he liked it. And then I talked to him about one tenth of a second and he told me about his first feature film. And, um, and I watched it and then we talked again and then we realized that his sister was finishing up med school with my wife, um, down at the same med school. And so we had these interesting ties. Uh, and, um, then I saw his work and he had a lot of potential and he was a young guy and, uh, very more of an auteur kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I came to find out, um, <laughs> um, through, uh, that, that own journey of being a producer, but ultimately saw, and, um, I, I sat with him. I remember the first time he told me about this movie and he just knew the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he pitched it and told me the 20 minute version of everything that happens and who it happens to. And he saw the movie. And so, uh, I was a producer by proxy with almost everything I've been directing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I could, I, I was like, Oh, wow. Okay. So this is really great. And he was like, I have, you know, I want to put, put this together. And, and then we just started the conversations where I was like, ah, if you, you really put this together the way it is in your head, you know, I think it be, can be a really awesome 
awesome movie and I can come on and help uh, from everything with the budget to working with the writer um, and developing the best script possible and kind of a few years older than him really challenging and pushing him to make the most out of the opportunity and then his casting because he casted like big time kind of celebrity uh, Mm -hmm. people down in uh, Central America, Costa Rica area. Um, So he knew that he would get uh, be able to go to theaters and get people to, you know, go and buy tickets. So he had this really great plan and uh, a really good story. Yeah. Like I said, well, I said, work with me. I said, and I can get it basically out in the world, you know, through my contacts of distribution and, you know, and then we went on the the journey together and yeah. The rest is history. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing that I, I thought was very interesting too, it also blends not, it's not your typical like romantic comedy it has elements of sci-fi in it. Cause it has the t- dealing with time and the perception of time. Um, and also how you guys shot that was like in the future when it's 2024, you have that very cold contrasted uh, blue tones that kind of set up the future. And it kind of also emotes what the main, one of the main characters that the son um, or the grand kid i should say is feeling at that time because he's going through troubles with his uh girlfriend at school and then when the grandpa tells his love story it changes the color becomes more vibrant and more uh warm and 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 also because it's in the 80s you really captured the look of it too which i thought was great um and it becomes like this sort of quasi uh, sci-fi period piece too as well so I thought that was really interesting he's definitely an auteur uh, he, he had a very particular um, you know kind of idea we needed to uh, but you you picked up on a lot of a lot of the stuff that was supposed to be you know picked up sorry Continue. <laughs> okay that's okay yeah I mean um, and then kind of changing gears from that uh, you just also did uh, J- the Jamie Kennedy special and switching over to stand-up comedy. So how did that kind of come about as well? Oh man, that's kind of a fun story. Yeah. Um, so basically uh, I was living in the heart of Hollywood. Um, I had just, um, you know, the, I just kind of, I was in Chicago for a while um, and um, falling in love with my wife and she had to finish um, med school because she was there for kind of an internship thing. And I went back to Los Angeles and California and only uh, it was right in the heart of like fountain and poinsettia around sunset, like right in the gut of uh, um, all the homeless, but the beautiful people. And um, you know, uh, which is always fun. Uh, I, lived a few blocks away from some good friends that I knew from Arizona that were like comedians and different people. So I became friends with, and he ran, um, uh, a, literally a really cool, uh, weekly comedy show, um, on the second floor on Hollywood Boulevard of Hooters, surprisingly enough. And oh, wow. he would, it started with 20 people. I remember. And then within six months it was, he was packing it every Wednesday cause they had a happy hour and they were getting better, bigger people. And he was way, you know, and he had connections at the comedy store and worked over there and he was just building. So I would go over, you know, on Wednesday nights and go see some comedy and see my buddy do some comedy and meet some comics and get up yeah. there. And I even thought about doing it because I'm an actor and, yeah. um, and yeah. And, uh, uh, and the process of everything. And then, um, I met this one guy who was working, uh, who's now one of my good friends. He's executive producer of it and helped me put it together. Mike B. Lawson. He's one of the production companies on there and he's one of my closest friends today, but we had just kind of talked about, uh, he, he had uh, moved out here less than a year before and worked in like marketing distribution um, mm-hmm. and was on that side of things over at uh, Sawyer Studios. And um, so he kind of had that angle and it was way more business and was also a stand-up comedian and was trying to do this. So anyways, we met and out of nowhere, Jamie Kennedy comes to the show. Like he gets <laughs> Jamie Kennedy to come. So Jamie Kennedy comes to this small, cool weekly show uh, in Hollywood and does some time. And uh, then afterwards, you know, I spoke with him a bit, but Mike spoke a lot with him. Mm -hmm. And I guess 
uh, was like, Hey man, we should work together or whatnot. Because lo and behold, my good buddy, Mike B. Lawson, like I love Jamie Kennedy, dude. He's super funny. Yeah. You know, scream Malibu's most wanted, right. Tremors, like six, from yeah. Boiler Room, <laughs> Dude, but the, the classics do, and he yeah. was where do Boiler Room you mentioned. Yeah. So that was cool. You know, um, and, uh, even Romeo and Juliet working with Boz Lerman. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, um, but anyways, Mike, like really, really grew up enjoying and being a huge fan of Jamie Kennedy. So yeah. he had this opportunity where he spoke with him and, um, <clears throat> then told him that he wanted to do something. And then with their talks, then Mike told me another Wednesday night, like we should talk and get coffee. And I heard you, you're, you know, you make serious schmooze, projects you know? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, let's, let's, let's go. So we sat down and talked and, and uh, we got along well. And I told him about what I thought I could do for the project and how I even believed I could help raise money, um, with a guy like Jamie Kennedy. And, um, and we went and then we started seeing Jamie sets and I was like, this guy's really funny. You know, not, I, I didn't really know him as a comedian that well. I'd only known him from the movies, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, then I thought his stuff was genuinely funny. And so I was like, Oh, this would be great. Like, I mean, Jamie Kennedy, the past kind of sort of celebrity mixed up dude is irrelevant. This guy's got a platform and a brand and he's funny yeah. and this is a comedy special. Yeah. So, you know, and he, and he's not nobody. Yeah, so let's yeah. go, you know, he's got, uh, that, let's go try to make this. He's got that very dry sense of humor too. Very witty, dry, just like, yeah, I've lived it all <laughs> <laughs> type of deal, <laughs> which I, I think that's yep. also interesting that you two kind of also met because you guys have lived so much of life and stuff. And it's like, you know, fellow uh, artists will, will bump into each other that way. And I, I find that very interesting because it, it's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you know, it's cool. So. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. Cause I remember, you know, just showing him a little bit of the work and he was like, Whoa, you like hung out with a, you know, for a uh, race, race, motorcycle racer documentary. Like, you know, and I'm like, Oh yeah, you know, I did that. And, That's me. <laughs> uh, so those are little things that are, you know, uh, are like just like kind of niche and interesting, but yeah, no, Jamie, Jamie, uh, I gotta give a shout out to Jamie Kennedy, man. That guy works really hard on his comedy and he actually like really puts in the time and takes it serious. And is always, uh, he's always got this quota, you know what I mean? You know, don't, don't say tomorrow, let's do it today. You know, we're going to die. And it was always <laughs> like, okay, Jamie, that was one of his quotes, you know, we're going to die, man, let's get to it. You know, but he, he would timings every four sets. Yeah. He mm-hmm. would put on three, four sets, four or five days a week. And the guy still does when he can now that they're opening up. So he's, he was just a hardworking dude. And, you know, he, uh, we would sometimes get great stories of old nineties, Hollywood days and, and out of him, which was great. And, uh, I love those moments and then would uh, talk to him about, you know, whatever boiler room and scream and different, mm-hmm. different stories when he would go into stuff, which was all, you know, fun for, you know, a guy in his thirties, you know? Uh, well, what's yeah. so interesting to me is John, Bonnie and Jamie and you are all you are you're all very much alike you're all very competitive you go after something you want and I feel like that's why you've met these people in your life and work with these people because you can stand on their level type of thing you're on their playing field you are you have that drive and that competitiveness to be able to create these things Thanks, man. That, that's, that's the nicest thing anybody said to me in a while, man. <laughs> no <nice>. problem. <laughs> it's Thanks, true man. though. It really is. I really, yeah. I really appreciate it because, you know, I do, I, I do have that, you know, that drive of, of, you know, like, uh, my, my wife's either going to be a millionaire or she's going to leave me kind of thing. You know, like <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get to work, you know what yeah. I mean? Because I, you know, um, I, uh, and things are going well right now. You know what I mean? The past few years have been successful and I'm working yeah. with great people and, you know, like, uh, I've got the great stuff going, but like, if I would have told people how I got here, you know, like young filmmakers, I don't know how many of them would have signed up for the journey or if I would have signed up. Right. Yeah. Speaking of that, speaking of work, uh, you have a huge list of things you've already done. What do you have? What do you have on the plate that you can kind of divulge about without giving too much away? Anything big, special? Yeah. Any I mean, projects? I, I, yeah. I developed, um, developed a TV show that is, uh, going to be either one, or I ultimately see them as possible, multiple properties that are going to be, um, television narratives that are based on, uh, life rights and IP and true crime, um, out in South Africa. So they're pretty, um, 
uh, exciting kind of, uh, one is a female lead, uh, detective and the other is, uh, you know, um, an older man, you know, who was around for a very dangerous, um, uh, time in the culture. Um, but, uh, uh, it's been a very, speaking of, uh, all my different sides of me, this has been the darkest and the strangest and I'm very excited. And I have interest from lit managers and producers, and I've already pitched it uh, at a few places. We've got some more meetings in the next couple of weeks. So I know I've got something exciting. Uh, it's more of just the patience and finding the right people. Um, so, I mean, a friend of mine, um, said that he would like get it over to his screenplay buddy. Um, and, uh, he was like, Oh, do you know who this guy is? And it's like an older dude in his like fifties. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I know who it is. You know what I mean? And he was like, Oh yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and it's nobody that is huge, but he like wrote lawless in 2012 with Tom Hardy and he wrote a movie with Guy Pierce in 2004. And I'm like, yeah, yeah like that's, that's somebody, a, yeah, it's an amazing, <laughs> he's amazing done a few musician. things. And yeah. Yeah. Just a few. yeah. So the fact of, yeah, that, that it's even like a, maybe that it's a, an exciting project that I, my high profile friends are are taking an interest in and are very excited about it. it's more of more of just now actually uh, making sure I align everything properly. You know what I mean? With the next people that kind of come onto the project. Yeah. And that, so. that's kind of one thing that I've taken that you've told me and we've talked about it all. It only takes that one, that one thing, that one moment, one opportunity, much like a lot of your films, you know, that that's kind of a, with Johnny, especially, you know, he basically says dream big, anything is possible. And I feel like you take that to heart and carry it with you every single day, because we've talked about that one moment can change everything. And, and yeah, it's going to be tough, but putting in the work is going to pay off in some way, whether that's for your gain or other people's gain or everyone's gain. It's just a matter of what ultimately happens type of thing. Well, it's like yeah, no, being I'm in, in the, the right place, the right time, you know, too, yeah, you know, like, and I, I think you've had a lot of, a lot of luck in that respect too. And also drive the drive is very apparent with just from talking mm -hmm. to you and, and, and who you are and, and the work you've worked and the people you've worked with, it's just, it's very <laughs> self-evident. So, um, <laughs> I, I would say like, you know, that drive though, like really does push you, you, it really can push people into the right direction of where their career path should go or their life path should go. So I, mm -hmm. I, 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 you're a prime example, Kurt. <laughs> so it's great. <laughs> oh, I, I, like I said, I, uh, that, that, that really is, is awesome, man, because, you know, as you know, in, in all of our battles, I mean, I encourage, you know, Trevor, even though Trevor's like a super young guy, so he's fine, but like, uh, you know what I mean? Like no matter <laughs> Yeah, man. <laughs> but like, you know, um, uh, so he's got time on his side, but like the, the thing is, is that, uh, us oldies are, are, are going to be like, I'm a 31. So like, oh. we're, we're, we're all just, our faces are going to start caving in and stuff. That gray hair is coming oh, in. Dude. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh -huh. good. that's what I'm saying, dude. Um, uh, and, and I just think that I, I think that it's, uh, the, you know, I, I even tell Trevor, I'm like, dude, yeah, it's consistency. And we talk about consistency and the little victories and that it continues and it builds and the same thing in the conversations that we had. And that's really how it like is, is wild to look back right amongst all those projects, even in the last like five, six years yeah. to be like, Oh wow, that was the throttle. But like what I had to do beforehand of like mm -hmm. asking my sister, for $5,000 for a short, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and the audacity, the young filmmaker had to like, go to like strangers and be like, well, I haven't really done much, but you should invest in my movie. Yeah, and I did. Believe in me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I, and I'm going to be able to do this. And I know some incredible cameramen and different people that are going to assist me and you watch and, and, and I'm going to do it. And just little victories, whether it was a short film or a pet commercial or, uh, you know, the little things that I've shot, you know, like car commercial, like, and it just like, and just going, okay, yeah, I'm going to continue to do this and sharpen the skills and sharpen the skills. And, and now I'm, I, I never, ever, really thought I would actually try to create a television show and what a monumental task that's been, yeah. um, you know, and way different than a movie. Uh, it's like four or five. So, um, <laughs> it's, uh, definitely thought it would, uh, be a little bit uh, easier, but I know that it's just like working out. If it hurts, you know, your muscles are growing. Um, yeah. and you're and fine tuning kind of that. Yeah. You're fine tuning the, <laughs> the, the yen to t first and foremost, you're a storyteller. You have stories to tell you have 
things to say. And I can't uh, do it alone. Yeah, that you can't do it alone. <laughs> I need everybody. Yeah, exactly. And I want to tell stories. So, yeah. and, and I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'd like to think of myself as an auteur, maybe down the road, but I love collaborating, man. I love collaborating. So it's hard for me not to, you know what I mean? Want to hire a Roger Deakins type to go, just teach me, yeah. you know, like, help <laughs> yes, me, master. You know, arrogant. Yeah. I will learn. I will be the yeah, Padawan you know and you'll mean? be the like, master. It'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, like Frank Darabont says when they did with Shawshank, where he was like, there were so many times I'd be like, so what do you think, Roger? You know, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? With Shawshank, well, duh, Frank, yeah. you were really, you know, work smarter, not harder. You're right. with Roger Deakins. You, you've done one TV movie, let him lead. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Um, and, yeah, and that's the smart filmmaker. That's not an auteur. That's yeah. a, you know, that's that that is a collaborator. So, and I love the auteurs. I mean, they're incredible. Yeah. And maybe I will get into the mode of writing and you know, and directing and producing it later on. But for whatever reasons, obviously, the combination of uh, building the long term 50 year career I hope mm-hmm. to have, and then putting food on my family's plate, yeah. you know, um, were the jobs that have at least come to this point. So I have to be like thankful because they ultimately have. You know, so I appreciate you guys kind of checking out whatever Definitely. you did, man. It's that's really cool. Yeah, was, your work you know, was fantastic. Yeah, so much fun to watch. You it know, is. I've known you for a while, but I've never seen your work, and it was it was a joy to watch it. It was cool to see. Likewise, really, yeah, really thanks, cool. man. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> thanks, man. Guys. And thank you again, Kurt, for doing this with us. This has been a real pleasure. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.